Good afternoon, y'all. It's good to see y'all today on this beautiful, nice, chilly day. <clears throat> Guys, um, we're still in Mark's Gospel, of course. This is Mark chapter 5. This past Sunday was Mark chapter 2. And pretty much, um, we've talked about this. Anytime you read Mark, um, he has Jesus as a man on the mission. Um, he's coming back to claim the kingdom of God, right? So bring it back to the Father. And so he's got to kick Satan out. And so, I mean, pretty much chapter after chapter, you're going to see an exorcism. Um, and so today is no different. Right? This is one of the most extensive exorcisms that we see in Mark's Gospel. It gives great length and great detail. Um, and so I would rather not talk about exorcisms, but that's what the Gospel gives to us today. Um, but I do think it's fascinating. Uh, I've had, I told you that, my, uh, my spiritual direction seminary was an exorcist for New Orleans. One of my best friends is an exorcist in a neighboring diocese. And it's interesting what, uh, what they say. The difference between a regular priest like me and an exorcist priest is that they speak to demons and I don't. They actually have conversations with demons through the person that's possessed, right? So if you're possessed and I'm an exorcist priest, I'm speaking directly to the demon that's possessing you and the demon has to speak back to him because that's how Jesus did it. You see in this gospel, Jesus speaking to the demon that's possessing this man, and the demon in the authority of Christ has to speak back to him. And one of the things that an exorcist has to do with the possessed person is they have to find out the name of the demon that's possessing them. Even to this day, that's how it has to happen. Because when you know the name, then you have authority over it. I cannot ask a demon a name. I will not. <laughs> Um, you cannot. If you're ever praying over someone in, in the gift of healing or in a gift of prophecy and you ask some, a demon a name that someone's possessed, run. Don't stay in that prayer group. Okay? That is not a safe thing to do. Only an exorcist can ask the person, the demon, the name. So what is this one about, right? Um, so this, whenever Jesus encounters this, there's a few things that I think are really fascinating to look at. First is that this man was so possessed that he hung out amongst the tombs, right? <laughs> I had to laugh at that because I love graveyards. Um, <laughs> matter of fact, <laughs> whenever I was, you know, in, in my previous life and I wasn't a priest, um, I, I used to go pray in graveyards all the time. And the last girl that I dated um, from Homa, um, I thought it would be a really romantic thing to go on our first date and go hang out in the graveyard. <laughs> at St. Francis Cathedral, nonetheless, like a bad neighborhood right there. I was like, this would be so cool. Go pray with in the graveyard. That's why I'm a priest. Um, <laughs> she didn't think it was very cool. Um, she was freaked out by it. She, oh, never mind. It was great. But uh, <laughs> So anyway, this, uh, this particular demoniac um, loved the graves. He loves to... <laughs> It said that he uh, he was amongst the dead, right? Maybe that's because they wouldn't talk back to him. But um, so he would hang out, and this man was. And it says you could assume he was probably stripped of all of his clothes because they make the reference to he now had clothes on, right? So it's a very beastality type of thing. Just he's he's hanging out amongst the tombs, amongst the place of the dead, the rotting flesh, so to speak. And this this demon actually makes him hurt himself. Could you imagine? He's grabbing rocks and he's beating himself. He's beating his flesh with rocks. 
right? And then he also, that's one of the things that exorcists will say, is that people that are possessed have a supernatural strength. Like They will throw grown men right off of them, and they might be 50 pounds, right? Exaggerated, but they have a supernatural strength, and that's what you see here. They can't even put shackles on this guy because he breaks the chains. All right? And so whenever Jesus speaks to him, the first thing, the demon recognizes him, and they, the guy runs to Jesus, and he says, he cries out, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Right? They know who he is. They recognize his divine authority. And then he says to Jesus, I adjure you by God, do not torment me. In this past Sunday's gospel, it was, have you come to destroy us? Yeah, he has. And what Jesus does, the first thing he does, he doesn't answer the dude's question. He says, what's your name? And the demon has to speak. And he says, my name is Legion, for there are many of us. Now, whenever you look at a Roman soldier, like the Roman emperor, Roman army, they're divided into to, to legions. One legion was 6,000 men in a Roman army. So whenever he professes to be legion, we're looking at thousands of demons possessing this man. All right? Not just one or two. And so once Jesus knows his name, then he exercises the man and frees him from the captivity of these, of these demons, right? And, but he does it in an interesting way. They say, look, send us into those pigs over there, right? And so it says there were 2,000 pigs. Jesus says, okay, go. And they, they leave the man. They go into the pigs. The pigs run off the side of the cliff, and they're dead, right? <clears throat> interesting what happens is this man is set free, but once the townspeople hear that what happened to their pigs, like this was their livelihood, this is what they did for a living. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes, wrecks their world. And they, all they can think of is how wrecked their world is because now Jesus came into town, made all their pigs go off the cliff, but yet there was this man who had been possessed by thousands of demons. And they see him set free, and they don't rejoice in it. I was very, very drawn to that, you know? They don't rejoice in this man's freedom that he's got. This guy's got his life back. But all they can do is be self-centered and think of, well, Jesus, look what you did to my pigs. And it says it. They asked him to leave town. Get out. And I was like, man, how many times has that happened to us in our lives? Whenever Jesus comes in and begins to wreck our own life and begins to like show us things that we need to get rid of, demons in our life, so to speak, that we need to have out of our life, we look at him and we can either say, yes, I want to be set free of that and I need you to deliver me from that or <clears throat> I'm not giving that one up, Jesus. You can go somewhere else. I'm happy just being comfortable. Right? So that's what I was drawn to today was like, where am I in this? You know? Am I someone who's going to rejoice in the fact that Jesus wants to come and set us free? Nothing that we struggle with is too big for Jesus not to set it free. But we got to name it. Name what the struggle is. That's the beauty of confession. You get to name it and be specific to be set free from it. Right? And then you don't want to go back to it. That man possessed by 6,000 demons, I don't think you ever wanted to go back to that. 
You know, I don't think he ever once one day missed being possessed by the demons and beating himself with stones. So let us not go back either. Those things that we struggle with, name them, get rid of them, and let us not go back to them. Let us rejoice in the fact that Jesus Christ has come and he has set us free with his divine authority. Amen?